Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 11 to 1 with Gilmore's Mercedes-Benz Kings Court. Visit our showrooms or check out our new website, gilmores.ie, to see the amazing 222 range of Mercedes-Benz cars or our huge selection of used Mercedes-Benz vehicles. Gilmore's Mercedes-Benz Kings Court, the best in motoring here for you. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. This is LMFM's 11 to 1. Sinead Brazel here with you. Hope you're keeping well this Monday morning. You can get in touch with me. WhatsApp and text lines are open 086 1800 658. Here's Paul Simon. Walks down the street, he says, Why am I soft in the middle now? Why am I soft in the middle? The rest of my life is so hard. There's Paul Simon kicking us off this morning. You can call me Al. You can call me Sinead. This is LMFM's 11 to 1. Good morning. Hope you're keeping well. Well, the sun has finally made a long-awaited appearance. I mean, where has it been? And whilst it's not exactly a heat wave, uh, look, it, we'll take it. We'll take what it has to give us today. It's out and the mood instantly brightens, doesn't it? Hope all the dads had a nice Father's Day as well yesterday. I had a lovely Father's Day. Um, as my own is away, he's down the country at the moment. So a quick phone call was, you know, sent to him. So that was grand. And then I sent my husband off to watch our youngest play a football match. And then after that, I was like, now don't forget, pop in and see your own dad there now and give him his his present. So they went off to do that and I had peace and quiet for the morning. There was nobody in the house. It was fantastic Father's Day for me (laughs) yesterday. (laughs) But I hope all the dads around the place had a great day and hope you got spoilt as you should get spoilt on Father's Day. Starting off with good news this morning. And uh, only uh, recently Niall O'Brien reviewed this on uh, this programme in Real Reviews. And not only that, I went out with him for a little drink on Friday night and he was going on about it again. So definitely he is waxing lyrical about this film and it's in the news again. It's the movie on Colleen Kuhn, The Quiet Girl, and it was made and shot, parts of it shot in County Meath and it continues to break records for an Irish language film after it surpassed 600,000 at the UK and Irish box offices, which is absolutely amazing. And it's um, based on Claire Keegan's novel, which is called Foster. 
and it's set in the 1980s in Ireland and it follows a little girl called Cot, played by newcomer Katrina Clintz and she's a young girl whose family send her off to her mother's cousin to be cared for while her mother has another baby and she's kind of sent off for the summer holidays and it's uh, now in the top 20 of Irish and UK films at the box office over the weekend which is amazing um, the movie is also starring uh, Carrie Crowley and Andrew Bennett and uh, it's the feature length debut of writer director Colin Barade and as a producer Cleona Ni Creola who's from Longwood and it's just fantastic I mean it's already broken several records for an Irish language film it's now the highest grossing Irish language film in history take a bow producers and directors and writers and all involved in on Colleen Kuhn absolutely amazing it's going to have its Australian premiere at the Sydney Film Festival next week and is among 12 films in official competition at that festival as well so Let's hope that it does well. It's doing really, really well so far. Had to mention that this morning. If it is playing in cinemas near you, you should go out, go go check it out. I it's I haven't gotten a chance to see it myself. My God, I've a list along as long as my arm of things to see. But on Colleen Kuhn doing so so well. By the way, if you missed the interview. Uh, that I did with the uh, director uh, Colm and his uh, producer and wife Cleona. You'll find it on lmfm.ie in the podcast section there. We had a great chat with them all about the film and how the inspiration came about and where they filmed and filming in County Mead and there was Mead school children involved in this as well. So that chat can be found on lmfm.ie. Now back to today... And I'm really looking forward to chatting to Denise Wogan later on. She is a health and nutrition coach. She's from Blackrock in County Louth. And it's all around this idea of emotional eating. I don't know about you, but I could be having a really bad day and that's it. I will eat everything sweet, a crisp, a savoury, whatever it is. It could be cheese as well. Throw it all into the mix. I will eat rings around me. Similarly... I could be having a great day. Oh, I could be on the pig's back and I'll still be eating. What's going on? Why am I doing this? Well, it's all to do with habits in the brain. And I was perusing her website earlier on. By the way, that's foodie. Uh, you can find it there. .ie, and it was just really interesting. These kind of what triggers us? Why do we go into these cycles and these spirals of eating? Really interesting. If you're a stress eater or emotional eater like me, you will not want to miss this. That's happening later on on the programme. Back to the present though. And here's Adele. Adele, hello on LMFM's 11 to 1. Message coming in saying, well done to Delique Fair. Great weekend. Also to Derek Clark, who received freedom of Delique. Great success. Well done to all. Lots of things. Isn't it great to see all these things coming back and happening at the weekend? And I know there was a great day in Trim for the uh, Haymaking Festival as well, which is back in action. So well done to everybody who organises these things because, you know, without you, what entertainment would we have? Also, I want to congratulate uh, the organisers of Kick Up the Arts, which was a great success as well in the Drada area. Lots of music and fun and festivities that happened over the weekend and it was really, really well organised. So well done to all involved in that. And speaking of festivals and things coming back, another festival is returning to Kells at the weekend. I'm going to tell you all about it just after these. 11 to 1. The Glenside Hotel. 
The Hinterland Festival of Literature and Art is returning to Kells this weekend and uh, it's in its 10th year now, which is fantastic. There's a great lineup of the best Irish and international authors, including Val McDermott, Ivana Lynch is going to be there, New Order Stephen Morris, Eileen Dunn, Marty Morrissey, Fintan O'Toole, David McCullough and Michael Harding. There's over 60 events as well that's going to be taking place in different venues throughout the town. So get your tickets now because these things sell out very fast. Hinterland.ie or you can find out more details and everything at the book market in Kells as well. So Hinterland Festival of Literature and Arts returning to Kells. It's going to be a busy weekend there in the uh, town. So it's all happening. Hinterland.ie for all of the details. Now it's back to the music. Here's Harry Styles. Hello, I'm Harry. The best mix on LMFM. I love it. Harry Styles as it was. And he's number two at the moment. He had been number one for about 10 weeks. But I think this is quite nice, actually, that he has been knocked off the number one slot by Kate Bush because she is just triumphing now in the official Irish singles chart this week. Her 1985 single, Running Up That Hill, has reached number one. So she (laughs) denied Harry Styles an 11th week on the top. And um, she's also ahead of Lizzo's About Damn Time as well. So it's skyrocketing up the charts. I mentioned this before. It's because of Netflix. Stranger Things and the airplay that it's getting there and I think a lot of people are discovering that song maybe for the first time or appreciating their love of the song again it's fantastic so and she apparently is very overwhelmed uh, by the scale of affection and support for the song so she's officially number one which is quite cool Um, just want to mention this was sent in to us here there was a phone lost in the Drogheda Boys football pitch at Marley's Lane, Drogheda. That happened on Saturday morning. If anybody found a phone, could you please contact us here on 0419832000? As you can imagine, a phone's nearly like a wallet now, isn't it? When you lose your phone, it's got loads of things. You're all your contacts and your photos in it and all your information, everything that you have is on that. So if a phone was found around that area, Drogheda Boys football pitch, Marley's Lane, on Saturday, please give us a shout here 0419832000 very soon I'm going to be chatting to Aoife Drum she's an artistic swim coach yeah I know coaching a, a group of mostly beginner synchronised swimmers I adore synchronised swimmers there is something so amazing about watching them and strangely calming when you're watching synchronised swimmers but they're so so skilled And these guys are going to be performing. They're recreating Shakespeare's Midsummer Night Dream. How appropriate is that on the longest day of the year? That's tomorrow. And they're going to be doing this at Clontarf Baths. Now, the reason that we're chatting to them is, well, number one, synchronised swimming is quite cool. But number two, they are raising funds for a well uh, worthwhile local charity here, the Down Syndrome Laidmead Branch. That's one of the people that are going to be benefiting. And also St. Francis Hospice in Rahini as well. So we're going to be chatting to Aoife Drum very, very shortly shortly but first here's aha a take on me on LMFM's 11 to 1 well a group of synchronised swimmers are taking on an inspiring routine it's uh, for a charity performance tomorrow I'm going to be finding out more about this with their coach Aoife Drum just after these 11 to 1 LMFM.
A group of synchronised swimmers, most of them beginners, have been taking a crash course to learn an inspiring routine for a charity performance in Dublin, which is happening tomorrow. The 40-strong group have been learning the routine over the course of six weeks training at Clontarf Baths and tomorrow they'll take to the water to perform a recreation of Shakespeare's Midsummer Night Dream to raise funds for St Francis Hospice in Ranheny and Down Syndrome Ireland, Loud, Mead, the branch. Joining me now to tell us more is the artistic swim coach Aoife Drum who's been training the team. How are you doing Aoife? I'm doing well, thank you. This is such a lovely project. I saw the group on, on National News and I had to reach out to, uh, to invite you on the show. But tell me, where did the idea to put this group uh, together come from? I've been doing synchronised swimming for 14 years before the name changed to Artistic Swimming in 2017. And last year, after COVID lockdown started easing in Clontarf Bath, we were able to start putting on classes again because it's an outdoor pool. And one day in the acrobics class, there was one of the women who'd been out the night before swimming and herself and her friends, they all turned up in a swimsuit and someone joked that they looked like a synchronised swimming team. She was telling another woman in the pool at acrobics what had happened and wouldn't that make a great charity event? And as it turned out, the woman she was talking to was a parent of one of the children that coached and knew I thought it would make a great charity event but never had the opportunity. So they came to me, we got talking and the next week we had a group of 20 swimmers in the pool and we somehow managed last year to do it with 20 swimmers. And then at the end of last year, we were talking and said, we'll do it again next year. We should go bigger though. And then dangerous when you start having people who think we should go bigger. We were talking to each other and the ideas started getting bigger and bigger and suddenly we're doing a Midsummer Night Stream this year. I absolutely love it. And what's brilliant about this is you have, you know, 40 now swimmers in total, some of whom have no experience of, of synchronised swimming. And in fact, you've one member who actually learned how to swim as well. Yes. Lillian, last year she came down, I work with her daughter, and her daughter told her about the acrobics here and said she'll come down by the acrobics. And I was telling her we're doing this. Would you like to get involved? And she said yes. And then she got involved and said, by the way, I can't swim. And I said, no problem. I'm of the frame of mind. If someone wants to try something, we can find a way to make it work. That is amazing. And as you mentioned there, you've been involved in synchronised swimming or artistic swimming now, it's called, yourself. So how did you get into the sport initially yourself, Aoife? Um, 14 years ago, the Women in Sport Initiative was launched by Sport Ireland. And Swim Ireland put on a synchronised swimming course at the time. And they brought a coach over from England, Jenny Gray. She did a FINA course because we didn't have the Irish curriculum at the time because it wasn't done in Ireland. There were 14 coaches on the course. One of them was actually a dance teacher. And when I did it, I just thought, this is amazing. It's exactly what I'm looking for in swimming. I love swimming, but I also love working with people in a group of people where we can create something. And I work with a lot of swimmers who they love swimming, they want to keep swimming, but they're missing the social side of it, the chats. Yeah. Like in life saving, we get that. In the water polo bit, you get that. But if you're not doing competitive swimming, what can we do? This was the answer to what I was looking for. And, you know, I just love the idea of it myself. Like yourself, I would have been a strong enough swimmer. I would have taken life-saving courses, all this kind of thing. But I've, oh, now listen, I'm well out of practice. But the the, the routine and when pe- when I watch people do this, there's just something so incredibly relaxing about watching it. But also I'm just in awe of it as well because they make it look so easy. But I'd say it's quite challenging to pull off a routine. Yes, it is. Very hard. This is actually one of the reasons the name was changed to Artistic Swimming because when you're doing a routine, 
you're not just performing something fabulous in the water, you're telling a story through your movements. So what you're doing is, so what we're actually telling the story of a midsummer night's dream through the movements in the water. So what we're doing has to tell the story, but it also has to match the music we're performing too. So that's where the artistic side, and it can be very, it draws you in and you just want to keep watching because you know you're watching a story through movements as opposed to words. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It really is. And that's where the skill of the swimmers come in and all of this training. So this has been really hardcore six weeks training at Clontarf Baths. How is it going? Uh, are they ready, Aoife, for tomorrow? Yes, I will say I'm very proud of all the swimmers. We've worked very hard the past six weeks. Now, we do have swimmers who were synchronised swimmers with children and they're getting back into it. We have swimmers who tried it last year for the first time, swimmers who never did at all. It's basically been a crash course, very fast of, this is the sport, let's give it a go, let's go get it done. And because it's only six weeks, no one really has had time to sit and think, oh my God, this is really hard. Yeah. I think on Wednesday morning when we wake up, we'll realise just how hard it was what we've done. Absolutely. And tell me about this performance, because how appropriate it is to do Shakespeare's Midsummer Night's Dream. You know, what a piece to recreate. How have you done this and what music are you using? We have broken it down to specific parts within the play, like the opening of the play. Yes. Um, where Theseus is getting married to Hippolyta, but then Aegeus comes along and he's not happy with his daughter because she won't do what he wants, but she wants something different. And we've taken a positive message out of that, whereas in everyone has goals in their life. Mm-hmm. Okay. So other people may not understand why this is your goal, why you want it. It's like the first person who climbs Mount Everest. They looked at the mountain and said, I want to climb that mountain. And people probably around them said, why would you want to do something like that? What's the point in that? But they said, look, this is my goal. This is my dream. This is what I want to do. They didn't let anyone stop them. They worked hard and they achieved their goal. And the play is full of positive messages like that. So we're taking those messages and we're sharing them. I love that. I love that. And we need something like that as well. These kind of positive messages. And will the music be sort of Shakespearean or are you incorporating modern music or is that a secret? No, it's music that everyone's going to know. Okay. We want to get the audience involved as much as possible, whether they be here at the pool deck or at home watching on our live stream to be involved, know the music and feel like they're part of it in a way. So we spent a lot of time working on music that people would know. So it's from a lot of different age groups. So everyone should have at least one song that they can say, oh yes, that's my song. Brilliant. And what I love about this as well is you're raising money for two worthy charities, one of which is in our local area here. You have the Down Syndrome uh, Ireland Laid Mead branch and also St. Francis's uh, Hospice in Rohini. Yes. And why did you pick those charities specifically or was it the group that got together and decided that? Um, last year it started with the hospice because normally in Clontarf there were a few different charity events for the hospice but none had been run over the past few years because of COVID so we thought this would be a great one to get started back to be able to do this again but off of last year's event I was contacted by a group in Trim who wants to set up a synchronised swimming group for the Down Syndrome athletes because a lot of them were ex-international swimmers they love competing but they were starting to retire from competitive swimming, but wanted to keep doing something. And they'd seen this at some of the international been to and wanted to get involved. So I went down and we started a group there and I asked them, would you like to get involved in the routine, in the performance this year? They were all for it. So two charities. 
Fantastic. That's brilliant. And it's great that there's a, a group here in the local area. So if people want to set up synchronised swimming groups, Aoife, you're available. You can you can come along and help people, is it? Yes. Brilliant. That's what happened. I spoke to them. We organised a day and a time in a pool that suited that we could all get to. Mm-hmm. And we go down and train. Brilliant. And and as whilst this event is happening tomorrow and the group are ready to go, do you think that this group in Clontarf will keep it up, will keep training together afterwards? Yes. Because off of last year, the women who took part last year, they enjoyed it so much that we actually started a group on a Friday morning. I managed to get some pool time on a Friday morning from last winter and some of the swimmers were able to join and continue it. And we had new swimmers join us and some of those swimmers from last year as well as the new swimmers who joined us in the winter are taking part tomorrow. Oh, that's incredible. That's a testament to yourself, Aoife, because I know you are, you know, hard on them, but you like to let them have fun as well. And that's what this is all about. Now, I know that there's a fundraising I Donate page as well, isn't it, that yes. people can donate to you? Where, where can we, what do we search for there? So if you go on to the I Donate webpage and search for the Clontarf Baths Artistic Swimmers. And we can donate there. I've no doubt it's going to be a great success. I wish you all the very best of luck with it tomorrow. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Amelia. Aoife Drum, isn't she brilliant? Such enthusiasm for this as well. Artistic swimming. If you want to watch this, by the way, if you head over to the uh, artistic uh, Clontarf Bats Artistic Swimmers Facebook page, it's going to be streamed through that. Okay, so it's called a Midsummer Night Splash, and it's happening tomorrow at seven pm. And also, you can donate as well through that I donate page, which you'll get on uh, the Facebook page. You'll find a link for it there directly. And the best of luck to everyone locally and the whole group in, in general who are taking part in that wonderful performance tomorrow. 11 to 1 We'll be going back in time to the year 1975 and a certain movie arrived in the cinema Yeah It was the start of the blockbusters We're going to be talking about Jaws very very shortly but first it's back to the music There's Eagle Eye Cherry saved tonight on LMFM's 11 to 1. There's no saving you if this guy is in the water, that's for sure. Oh yeah, here he comes. Where is he? Yep, we're going to be talking about Jaws. We're going back in time to 1975 in the Northeast Update now. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Senator Windows products will help you create a secure, comfortable, energy efficient home you're proud of. Call 0818 774455. Yes, 1975 Jaws was released and this was the start of the summer blockbuster. This was actually the first major movie to be filmed on the ocean. Uh, it didn't make production very easy for Steven Spielberg, who was only 26 when he directed this. Multiple mechanical sharks were built uh, for the making of the movie however they were completely unreliable so Spielberg had to manoeuvre around these problems and a lot of planned shots of the shark were instead filmed without the shark on screen which proved more successful and they were more suspenseful Uh, and also today is World Refugee Day and I think now it's more time than ever to be you know educating ourselves on the experience of the refugees and learn more about what displaced people go through apparently every minute 20 people undergo this harrowing experience and become refugees so World Refugee Day today. 
LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Creating the perfect home is a journey. Let us guide you. Visit our Drogheda and Dundalk showrooms. Discover more at senatorwindows.ie. Script Hall of Fame on LMFM's 11 to 1. Just going back to Aoife Drum earlier on, the artistic swim coach. It's now called Artistic Swimming, formerly Synchronised Swimming. And it's just got me thinking the fact that she comes along and sets up clubs. I would love to be part of an artistic swimmers group in this area. I really would. And um, maybe, maybe we should set one up. I'm not sure. But maybe I'll have to go along to trim and see how they do it there. But uh, fantastic. The idea of just synchronised swimming really has me. Uh, I, I just love the idea of it. And they have that um, performance tomorrow night. If you want to check it out, it's on their Facebook page. You'll find out all the details there. They're at Clontarf, um, Clontarf Synchronised Swimming Facebook page. That's where you'll find it. Um, now, it is time for 12 News. And after that, we're talking emotional eating, stress eating. Are you an emotional or a stress eater like me? I definitely am. Denise Wogan, she's a health and nutrition coach from BlackRock. She's going to talk us through why this happens. And she's going to give us some tips for maybe overcoming this. We're going to chat to her after 12 News. 11 to 1. On air, online, on your smart speaker, this is LMFM. That was Picture This with Unconditional. You are listening to 11 to 1. Sinead Brazel here with you. And just listening to the the little promo for the late lunch there just before news and a topic caught my attention because... I, like a lot of parents, will be in a bit of a predicament after this week because this week, of course, is the last week of school and, of course, the children are completely wired. Of course they are. But for a lot of parents, it's the return of the juggle, isn't it? You know, there's kind of trying to juggle work life around the kids and who's going to mind them and keeping them entertained. And it is. It's a bit stressful, the summer holidays. And I know Jerry's going to be talking about this with a mum, a hardworking mum of seven, on his programme a little bit later on but uh, it's something that needs to be really addressed I think because you know when you're trying to work and your children are off all summer it is like my youngest is in every single summer camp that I can possibly find that's the one thing now you do try and work your annual leave obviously around it as well and the same my husband but it's tricky. It is tricky. And uh, I was reading an article actually in the Irish Examiner this morning by Joyce Fagan and she says a lot of things that will ring true for parents. She says, in Ireland right now, our childcare system looks something like this. Grandparents, expensive crashes, booked up preschools, small setups in people's homes, parents juggling, paid work and unpaid work, one parent leaving the workforce altogether and bits of parental leave added on here with some after school care over there. It's a smorgasbord of a system, she says. And the article's really, really interesting. It's just kind of really, I suppose, hammering home this need for, you know, a better childcare system in the country and, you know, what's going to happen now come budget day and all of that. But I would imagine there's an awful lot of people who are like me who sort of, and we don't want to, you don't want to dread the summer holidays. You really don't want to dread the summer holidays. But this is what happens because you're going, what am I going to do with them? It's like so much time off. I only get two weeks, you know, say annual leave that I can use in the summer because what about all the other times that they're off during the year that you're trying to kind of navigate around all of that? And it's just, there's something needs to be really done about it in terms of, you know, a proper affordable system that's put in place for children because 
like that I would say there's many parents that are forking out a lot of money for different summer camps for different weeks or they're taking unpaid leave during the summer and it's not good enough it really isn't uh, Jerry is going to be chatting about that later on if you'd like to join the conversation he would love to hear from you 086 1800 658 I'll be very interested to see what his guest has to say about her experience of all of this now um, getting back to the present moment and it's time to check in with celebrity news The Buzz on LMFM keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app Hi I'm Louise Hayley Bieber has issued an update on her husband Justin's health following his recent diagnosis. Justin Bieber announced that he has Ramsey Hunt syndrome, telling fans earlier this month that a virus attacking the nerve in his ear and facial nerves is partially paralysing his face. Now Hayley has issued an update on his health. He's doing really well. He is getting better every single day. Um, He's feeling a lot better and obviously it was just a very scary and random situation to happen but um, he's going to be totally okay. Guy Ritchie will direct Disney's Hercules remake. The Aladdin director is set to take the lead for the reboot of the 1997 classic according to The Hollywood Reporter. Meanwhile it's also claimed Disney is working on an Aladdin sequel. Love Island's newest resident to join the villa took a big risk in last night's recoupling. 21-year-old dancer Danica Taylor said she was ready to step on toes when she made her entrance last Friday. And last night, she did just that when she split up Gemma and Luca. So the boy that I want to couple up with is Luca. Let's just spend as much time as we can right outside now. Yeah, there's no stuff in us. Obviously, you're going to get to know her now, which is fine. But listen, I don't want to stop what we have just because you're now coupled up with her. She's not in the picture. She's a little bit because you're now coupled up with each other. That's The Buzz. I'm Louise. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. I haven't watched it this year. I haven't watched one episode of Love Island, but lots of people are interested in it and it seems to be dominating headlines for the receivable. Anyway, back to the music here, Survivor. I the Tiger on LMFM's 11 to 1. Picture this scene. You've had your dinner. You should be full. But it's around, say, eight o'clock at night and you find yourself in the biscuit press. How did you get here and why are you eating everything in sight? Well, (laughs) I'm hoping our next guest is going to shed some light on this because we're going to be chatting about emotional stress eating. How does this happen? How can we break the cycle? Denise Wogan, she's a professional health and nutrition coach. She's based in Black Rock. She's going to join us just after these. 11 to 1. Do you find that you are reaching for the chocolate or the crisps when you're feeling stressed or overwhelmed? Yep, me too. Well, help is at hand. My next guest is a professional health coach, nutritional therapist, specialising in gut dysfunction and emotional binge eating. And she has a long history of ups and downs with food herself. She's lots of experience supporting women, especially by identifying eating behaviours and coaching us through how to change and avoid stress and binge eating. Now, with over 36% of adults regularly suffering from stress and that stress leading to the overeating, it seems a healthier body will come once we take care of our minds. I'm delighted now to be joined on the line by Denise Wogan. She's health and nutrition coach from BlackRock. How are you doing, Denise? I'm doing good. 
God, I wish I could introduce myself as well as that. <laughs> Listen, you can rob it. It's no problem at all and it's well deserved because I've been on your website today and I feel like this has been very serendipitous because I think I'm a prime candidate for you now, Denise. But before we get into talking about stress eating, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became a health and nutrition coach. So my journey started a long time ago. Uh, my own health was struggling and I suppose, you know, at the time you get onto I had IBS and I was told, uh, you know, food is going to be the, the, the cure and the answer. And uh, when I was eating all the right things, I still wasn't feeling any better. So while I truly believe that food is part of such a healthy way of being, there's so many more things that are involved. And I really got interested in this whole area of understanding how we can use our own experience. Because theory is one thing, but learning how to put that into practice into our own lives is not as easy as it comes across. So it was a long, long journey of managing IBS, psoriasis, and really deep down underneath was what was going on inside for me. And that's what took me on my journey to become a health nutrition coach. And then I went into mindfulness and intuitive eating and uh, being trauma-informed and using breath work. So lots of different tools in the, in the bag that I can pull out to use with anyone. Oh, and I, let me tell you, those tools in the bag are, have me very intrigued <laughs> because so often, you know, we go on health kicks, let's say, or that dreaded D word. And, you know, so often it's to do with, right, how can we lose weight and not to do with what's going on internally with us. So I love that this is the approach that you're taking. But a lot of your clients would be women. Now, I'm not surprised. We're not great at looking after ourselves. Plus, we have an awful lot of stuff going on. Uh, but what are the common reasons? Why is somebody going to you for help, let's say? So I was thinking about this earlier, I was like, why do people come to me? And possibly the biggest thing I've heard in the last 12 to 18 months, actually probably more since COVID started, I just can't do it again. I just can't go on the diet. I just, I really want to look after myself. I can't go on a diet. I've done it. I've tried it. And, you know, whether they're there for weight management to improve their health, whether they want support around emotional eating, um, IBS, overwhelm, all they keep saying to me is, I just can't do another diet. And mm. I'm like, well, you've come to the right place because, you know, the counting, the constantly weighing and, you know, if the weight is up or down on the scales, you feel good about yourself, you feel bad about yourself. And, and then, you know, that in turn influences how we choose to eat later in the day, but we're not recognising in that moment. So that's really, they've reached the end of the line with the diets and they know there's something else out there and they're curious Okay, and you know, a lot of the stuff that you're saying there rings true to myself because about five years or so ago, I lost two son, uh, two stone after my son was born. And what's awful, Denise, is that I had the same body criticisms then at, at my thinnest, let's say. And yeah. now I'm looking at myself and, I, you know, I'm in denial that it's all been put back on, but I'd say it's absolutely all been put back on. Like, is it, how can we kind of get out of this, you know, because it, it is internal, isn't it? We're looking at ourselves or we're half looking at ourselves in the mirror. Mm-hmm. We're tr- scrutinising and we're going, oh, I wish I could change this. And that's what leads us to the diet, which is only a cycle, isn't it? Before we're back to where we kind of came from, it started with. Yeah, so probably one way to answer that question is if we think about the diet, so what happens is, or even in anything that we do, we're triggered by something. And usually when we restrict our food, we're, we're going to, the, the thought that's out there is that we're going to lose the weight and then we're going to feel better. 
Yeah. And then, as you rightly said, you got there. And what most clients say to me is, then I'm so worried about keeping it off that I actually mm. don't feel this happiness that I thought I was going to get. But what happens when you go on that journey to alter your body, you are then fighting against your bio- biology and you're fighting against your natural way that your body is primed. So this is where we came from back in our ancestral times is that we are wired to survive. So when you wake up every day, two things your brain wants is safety and fuel. And if we pull the fuel out of our diet, which means or out of our eating, we diet, we can often be faced by triggers in every single day. And the body's survival mechanism says, give me something to help me fight yeah. or move or do this. So we get a craving. We feel bad about ourselves because we have the craving. Our automatic bodily response is that biology kicking in saying, give me some fuel quick, I need to do something. If you think about the stresses that you face on every single day, whether it's 100 emails at work or whether it's the kids and they've got to go out to activities, generally women are facing a lot of stressors. And it might not look like a bear, but that's what your body perceives it as a bear. So (laughs) it's looking for fuel all the time to be able to manage all of these things. And we have another part of our brain that kicks in later on and maybe the next day that says, oh my God, you are so bad because you did not stick to your diet and you gave in to that craving. So it's such a vicious cycle that what we actually do to support our health is we restrict it and our biology fights against that every step of the way because we might feel like it's a bad thing, but it's actually a good thing because your brain is there to protect you, to keep you alive. Oh, you're making an awful lot of sense now, let me give you a scenario that I, gave, that I gave listeners just before you came on so I'll give you a scenario we've had dinner right I'm full like I'm full I've had the dinner but all of a sudden it's about 8 or 9 o'clock I've wandered into the biscuit press I'm eating everything all around me and I don't know how I got there what's going on with me there now I have about five questions that'll come to mind but one how much did you eat during the day Biggest problem I see okay. for people is that they don't eat enough during the day. So when you're getting ready for your bed, uh, your body is going, hey, I need some glucose in here because I'm going to do my rest and repair overnight. And it won't go for the glucose that's been stored as fat on your body. It doesn't want that. It wants something quick and easy to use. So the brain is kind of acting up in there as well. But the other thing is, is that you've had a long day. And what's the one thing that women particularly, and I'm not excluding men, but I typically work with women, what can you do to look after yourself that's on the move? You can eat. Yeah. Yeah. So for you to go and do something else for yourself, you have to carve out time. You have to put in personal boundaries there to say, no, I cannot do this. I have to look after me. And let's face it, uh, as women, we're not very good. We can look after everyone else, but looking after ourselves can often be felt as selfish. So part of it is something I like to give clients um, and maybe all the listeners today might want to use this. Just throw your hand in your heart when you're in with the biscuits. (laughs) Have your biscuits. Throw your hand in your heart and say, hey, Sinead, what else do I need now? How else could I look after myself? Because it's not denying yourself the biscuit. That's not the answer. It's just how can I show a little bit of kindness to myself and figure out is there something else that that I need? Well, you see, that'll be me reaching the other hand to go have another biscuit. <laughs> but like, what, what about motivation now, right? Because as I mentioned, you know, when I when my son was uh, small, he's six now, you know, I was very motivated to lose this weight. Now, I don't know if it was a, just a, a specific time in my life. I have no motivation. And I know this is probably a big issue with a lot of women as well. Why have we no motivation? Or is it that we just don't want to kind of put that little bit of effort in? Or what is it? 
So I talk about, I mentioned earlier, about using your lived experience. So we don't function out of all of our brain in any single day. We don't make a choice consciously, everything that we do. So when you're thinking about have you zero motivation, I'm saying you absolutely 100% do because look at how you looked after yourself when you were following the plan. The challenge is, is that your brain remembers all of the things you had to do without on that side of time. And it remembers all of the feelings that you didn't like about that experience. And so what we often do is when we go on a big, I'm starting on Monday, we have so much expectation of what's to come out of it. Your little nervous system is in there like a turtle and it's going to put its head back in under and go, I am not coming out for love and money. (laughs) I don't want to know. I have so much to do already. Do you want me to do something else? So that's what happens is that we are really conditioned by it must be successful in order for me to put in the effort to do this. And we are really, you know, change is very uncomfortable. Look yeah. at what happened during COVID. It's really, really uncomfortable to change. And that's where the compassion side comes in, is that if we can look at getting our internal motivation system kicked in. I'm doing this for me because I am Denise and because I care about me. Yes, yes. And that's it. And I, I have a question coming in from a listener, which I'll get to in a second. But say, for example, I was to go to you for a consultation. Give us an idea yeah. of what happens then. OK, so consultation, the way I like to describe this for people is well, back years ago, I had the very good fortune of being able to take a hike up as far as ever space camp. Oh, very good. And so when I did that, we had a Sherpa with us. And what I say to clients is, is like, look, this is going to be a one hour session we're going to go this journey together. I'm going to hold your backpack because your backpack is fairly heavy at the minute. There's going to be ups and downs, but we're going to learn from those ups and downs. We're going to learn why did it happen? What was the trigger? What was the experience that you had on that day that led you to do whatever it is, whether it was an occasion of emotional overeating or whether it was a decision to restrict or whatever it is. So it's the key is in the learning of how you behaved. And I'm with you on that journey asking questions, giving you tools for you to practice as you go through. So it's about an hour session and then people work with me for any length of time, depending on where they are in their journey. So we talk about mindset, we talk about body image, self-compassion, I mentioned CBT, but uh, yeah. Uh, And what I do as well is I do walking sessions. So sometimes people say, I can't get my exercise in. Well, pop in your AirPods and no matter where you are in the country, I can still work with you. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, somebody's asking here as well, what about people who have suffered maybe or are going through an eating disorder? Is that something that you deal with, um, Denise? I am not qualified to work with anyone with anorexia or bulimia. So um, disordered eating is the area that I do work with, which is all this space around, you know, what kind of rules and regulations that you have. But if you did want to contact me, I have lots of great people that I can um, refer you into. Oh, perfect for that absolutely and you know in terms of the feedback that you've received from people because there's a lot of testimonials on your website you, you must be so satisfying for you to see that shift in clients where they kind of go the penny has dropped I know what I need to do now <laughs> I, uh, my my biggest thing is when I when I work with someone and I know I'll come back up to the kitchen and it's like my, my heart has been opened but I I do when I contact people, I always like to check in on people. And when I contact them six months, 12 months, two years down the road, and I hear how they have still been doing the things that are good for them. And the way I like to describe health is it's that you do the actions that are really meaningful for you. And that is going to bring about more change. So, you know, that's really what makes the difference is that I know that 
12 months, two years. I still have people after two years and they're like, I'm not binging anymore. I'm still overeating, but I'm not binging. (laughs) I'm more kind to myself. Um, One woman, I just actually picked up her words because I was like, they're lovely. She just said she she realised she had so much more. She got a sense of empowerment. She'd unlocked potential. She was able to understand her behaviour and her reactions. So it's like lifelong learning. It's not that you're going to come and do something for six weeks. It's Mm. like this stuff is going to be with you forever. And it's like you're building the foundations. And then from there, you can just grow. Story of one woman in a red dress. She wants to work with me. And she did. And she really wants to get into this red dress. And she had to lose all the weight to get into the red dress. And uh, in the end, she spent six months with me. She got into the red dress in the same size, but she rocked the audience when she went out to talk. So for me, health is any size and it's about how we feel on the inside. Uh, that that is exactly it. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's why, you know, it's not like, OK, give me a plan for six weeks. I'll follow that and see what the results are. As you say, it's about building the foundation. So in terms of the stress, and I mentioned there in, in the opening, 36% of us suffering from stress. And then this is leading to the overeating. So is this kind of, is it about this chemical in the brain that's causing us then to reach for the things? Is that what's happening? Well, I suppose it's, have we ever really been taught how to manage our emotions? So when we think about food, we categorise food in good and bad. And the same thing, if I'm feeling happy, then that's a good emotion. I'll have that. And if I'm feeling sad, that's not a good emotion. I can't have that emotion. And oftentimes what we do find with people when they engage in binge eating or extreme emotional overeating, what they're trying to do is suppress their feelings. Mm. So if I feed it, I feed it down and I don't have to experience this, this discomfort. And what we fear most is the thought of the feeling that we're going to have because a feeling is just like a wave. And if anyone follows me on Instagram, they know that I love to see. But it's like a wave and every wave comes up and it crashes and it comes down. So it's like the high of the high and the low of the low. We have to get used to experiencing our emotions. And that's why part of this work that I do is all about the internal side, how how you can build yourself up to feel the emotion. So there's lots of stuff like we couldn't just figure it out in a couple of minutes. But there is so much involved in that piece there of what's going on. Yes, there really remember is. Remember, there's a pandemic. Yes, like, yes. We've just been through something that, you know, I just remember hearing as after a while, as I go get rid of your COVID belly, I'm like, oh my God, if we look at the whole global population, everyone has gained weight because we're in mm. survival. Yeah. We're in that fight flight. We're back to our ancestral time. We're in survival. Um, and we face a lot of judgment and criticism from society that we should actually be able to control how we eat. And that then brings in more guilt and shame. It's all just this big, big, vicious cycle. Denise, I knew from (laughs) inviting you on that I'd have so much to to talk to you about and I feel like we've only scratched the surface. We'll definitely have to catch up again. But if uh, people want to get more information or have a consultation, how can they get in touch with you? Yep, so I'm on Denise at foodie.ie is my email. On Instagram, you'll find me at foodie nutrition. And I have an online booking on my website. And I run a Confident Eaters Cafe, is what I call it, oh, once a month. Um, and it's just a subscription or pays. You go for anyone who's curious and they just want to dip the water, feet in the water, see what this stuff is about. So that's what I do as well. Denise, it's been really eye-opening speaking to you. Thank you so much for joining us and with all that great advice.
Uh, thanks, Denise, for having me on. It was fab. Thanks a million. Denise Wogan, really, really interesting. If you want to find out more, her website, by the way, it's foodie, but with two E's. So food, double E dot IE. That's the website. And as she said, uh, Denise at foodie dot IE, if you want to email her. And she's on Instagram and Facebook as well. And she has a great blog there on the website where you'll get a lot more information around this emotional eating, what triggers it, how you can avoid it, tips, all of that. You'll find on the website. That's foodie dot IE. 11 to 1. There's some messages and comments coming in on 086 1800 658. I'll get to those very shortly. First, here's Backstreet Boys. Guys, quit playing games. You're getting in touch on 086 1800 658. We were talking about emotional eating, stress eating. Why do we find ourselves in the biscuit cupboard at 8 o'clock at night? Well, you're getting in touch on 086 1800 658. Sinead, it's so true what that lady is saying. We were never taught how to manage emotions. So we turn to food that's coming in from self-confessed emotional eater. Yeah, and this is it, isn't it? And maybe that's the scary bit kind of going, why am I doing this now? What's what's going on really with me? And actually what Denise said as well about not carving out time for ourselves. So that's why we're, you know, turning to the likes of the chocolate or the biscuits or the buns because we're kind of going, this will make me feel good instantly. So let's go with that. But it's not. It's this whole cycle. Paula says, Sinead, I'm the queen of lose weight uh, quick schemes, but never thought to look at why I feel so, so up and down about my body. This is it as well. I definitely would have done this a lot. And you know when you hear about, you know, certain celebrity diets and you're like, I'll try that. And like one or two days in, you want to kill people because you're so deprived. Yes, yes, absolutely, Paula. Uh, Ali says as well, Sinead, it's so hard to motivate yourself. You're right. And there's so much temptation. This is the biggest hurdle that I find. It's the motivation. It's the motivation to kind of go, right, come on, it's Monday now. Let's be healthy. Let's try and kind of stick to it. And nine times out of 10 for me, I'll be like, right, I'm starting now on a Monday. But, and I'll be great. And I'll be great all day. And then it'll get to that point in the day where I will actually turn to all the bad things. And even when I don't buy them in the house, you know, I have turned to, you know, eating Nutella out of a jar I, I'm going to say it, you know what I mean? Put it out there because I want a little bit of chocolate or I'll send the husband to the shop or I'll walk to a shop and get it. So it doesn't even matter if I don't have it in the house. I will seek that stuff out. So maybe it's to do with this idea of, well, what have I eaten during the day? Is that actually satisfying myself? My God woman reach for a banana instead of the chocolate. Do you know what I mean? It's stuff like this. You know, it's a constant battle. But Denise raises a lot of uh, great points there. Uh, do keep your questions and comments coming in 086 658. Now it's time for this. LMFM Job Search. With thanks to LMFM Online. Check out the latest Northeast news, sport and entertainment on lmfm.ie. Bakehouse Cafe at the Home Bakery requires a day chef. That's in the, the Dundalk area. Please apply to jobs at thehomebakery.ie. Sky Handling Partner Dublin Airport are recruiting bus drivers with full uh, D driver's licence required. Apply to jobs at shp.ie. Modern Fashions requires a part-time retail assistant position. To apply, please send your CV to info at modernfashions.ie. And Gilmore's Kings Court, Mercedes-Benz, Nissan and Fuso truck dealers are hiring car and commercial technicians. Please email CVs to ptully at gilmores.ie. And don't forget all of the details of those jobs can be found in our local job section on lmfm.ie. LMFM Job Search.
Where are you now? On LMFM's 11 to 1. Tomorrow on the show marks International Yoga Day and we're going to be chatting to Maura, the famous yoga with Maura. And she's doing a really cool um, immersive experience for the next couple of weeks at the Van Gogh uh, experience in uh, Dublin. So we're going to be chatting to her all about yoga, the benefits of it, all of that. That's on tomorrow's show. That's our lot on the show for today. Thank you so much for your company. We leave you with Glenn Hansard. Have a great day. Chat to you tomorrow. 11 to 1. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.